Good day to you and welcome to our Romans Bible study where we're learning the wisdom of the cross of Christ in this wonderful letter to the Romans uh, and, and to us as well. I hope you know that, that this letter <clears throat> to the church in Rome is also to you and me, praise God. We're involved in this and I'm excited to know that, excited to, to be able to be living by faith. That faith comes from hearing God's Word in its gospel context. I, I have to always bring this back to the forefront of our minds because it's needful that Understand this. It's needful that we know this. The only way you and I can go from faith to faith is as the is as the righteousness of God is being revealed in the gospel. That the the, the all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs eight and eight. And the path He leads us on, if He's able to guide us into truth, is the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. So, now I want you to get that. You have to accept, accept that because it's Bible. And when you accept it, then that means you've got something to think about. When you're hearing someone minister God's Word to you, and they're not pointing you to the cross of Christ, I can't imagine an entire message go by and the minister had not mentioned Jesus and his finished work. That's beyond my imagination. I know from where I'm from, lost in the world, and I know from where God brought me from in ministry too. That was really nothing more. After folks were saved, there was nothing more we could do for them because we didn't know the great truth of the cross of Christ and how it pertains to every day of our lives. The Bible is clear. It says in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 74 and 75 that because the Lord has defeated the enemy that we can live before Him, we can serve Him all the days of our lives without fear in righteousness and holiness. Every day of our life we can serve God if we're serving Him in righteousness and holiness. Very important. I pray that God would open the understanding of our hearts today in His Word and bring us to a place where we have clear spiritual sight. We have a clear path. The Lord has promised in Proverbs 4 and 18 that the path of the just, <laughs> that way of righteousness, will shine more until that perfect day, really he's talking about the coming of Jesus. So I pray that God would give us today the light of his word shining in our hearts, reflecting off the face of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, for that's the only thing that brings light to God's word is Jesus as the Lamb of God, what he did for us at Calvary. And I'm excited to know that today. I know that there won't be very many that follow that great truth. There never has been. There's always been a lot of form, a lot of pomp, a lot of uh, flesh, emotions, and all feelings involved. And we all have those issues. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like finally being brought to the truth of God's Word. There's absolutely nothing like it. It never gets old, and not only does it not get old, more light shines. God, again, let me tell you, Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just shines more 
Hallelujah. And that path of the just is the path of righteousness. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. And the only avenue of that righteousness of Christ is through our faith in His death. And I need to be saying these things because when we get into the uh, uh, 12th chapter here, beginning in verse 6 in just a moment, we're going to see something. Ah, maybe you've never seen it. Maybe you have and you're getting more grounded in it. And I pray that that would be the case for all of us. That God's grace is what allows us to have righteousness, to be made righteous, and to be able to bear the fruits of His righteousness. And a part of that happening in our lives is us learning to walk according to the gifts God has given each of us by grace. But the Bible is very clear. God doesn't take back. He, he, do, he doesn't give us, He doesn't call us to something uh, into this grace. He doesn't uh, call us that we have this one hope of our calling. He doesn't call us and, and give us gifts uh, to, to, to take them back from us. The, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He won't take them back, yet you and I can abuse them. You and I can walk in a place where we're no longer functioning by grace, which only takes place through faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Not 30 years ago, not 30 days ago. Today, you're trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. That means grace is flowing into your life. And that means the gifts in your life, God is working in and through your life as the very... Gift. The gifts we have are by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. We'll see that in just a moment. God Himself. You and I, though, can operate in this grace. We can function in this grace for a period of time. And then when we move our faith to a wrong object, we can still have the form of what we've operated in. See, that's what's very deceptive and subtle today that many or following preachers who only have a form. But they're not, it's not God working in and through them anymore. Of course, the gospel will save anybody. But most preachers on the planet today, once, the, once somebody's saved, that's it for them. That, that's all they can do except tell them what the Bible says and where to find certain scriptures. But if they're not preaching the same message all through the scriptures that saved that person, they're never going to learn how to live by the grace of God. You Listen, we don't just get saved by grace through faith. We live by grace through faith. We function in the gifts we've been given by grace through faith. And Galatians 2 and 21 is very simple. It tells us the only avenue of grace is the death of Jesus. That doesn't mean you stepped into it 10 years ago and now it just functioned in July. You need to get that out of your mind. When God gave you a, a, a gift, it's, it's according to His grace. That means it's according to what you allow Him to do in and through your life. He didn't just sprinkle you and dump some gift on you and then move away and say, I hope it works out for you. No, God's grace is what God is doing in you and through you. Not just something He gave you to function in without him. No, we can't do anything without him. I'm just quoting scripture now. We can't do anything without him. It takes God working in us and through us for uh, the gifts he's given to us to function through us. And that's all done by grace through faith. That means that's all done by 
our faith in the cross so that God can continue to function in us and we don't just move away into some form without the power. And you and I have been told when we find that to turn away from that. That's what you and I have been told. When we find that, to turn away from that. And so that's a great challenge, a great test for all of us once we come to the knowledge of the truth of God's Word. We're not ugly to people. We're not mean to people. Uh, but where this message is refused, this is just not the way we're going. We've been told that by preachers. We're, we're not going this way that you're teaching, Curtis. We're going the way that uh, Kenneth Hagin teaches faith. We're not going the way that uh, you are teaching on faith. And, and you know what? It's your free choice to choose whatever you want to. But let me tell you something. When you go the way that's not cross-centered, and it's not just because you use those two words, then if your faith is not in the cross, and I'm talking about that's what you're trusting in today for God to operate in and through you. And it's a very subtle thing to move into trusting your own self and your own functions and your own works than simply trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. And make no mistake about it, the gifts God has given to us, He does not func stop functioning in those gifts because there's sin in our lives. You need to hear that. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. That's why you can read about these people from old uh, and you read about these men and women that God used and people were healed and these great revivals took place and then you read that after the services they'd be found out there whiskey drunk. They had issues. But see, it wasn't sin that causes the grace of God to stop the flow it's the wrong object of faith. It's the wrong object of faith. It's we Listen, we don't remove ourselves from Him, Galatians 1 and 6, unless we're trusting in something other than the work of Christ. Every person on the planet in the church I'm talking about has a sin issue. You may not be bound by it if you've learned the, the, the place to walk, what to trust in so that the sin nature won't dominate your life. But the sins, to, listen, if you're not perfect yet, what's the issue? Sin. Something that happens three days from now, listen to me, something that happens three days from now, something you do that's sinful, that Jesus taught that didn't come from the outside. That came out of our heart. Think about that. That means it was already in there three days prior when you didn't know anything about it. But guess who did? <laughs> but he still loves you. He'll still use you if you'll keep trusting in what Christ did at Calvary. You, if, if God couldn't use anybody who had sin, who sinned, he couldn't use anybody. Do you understand that? Now, I know some people will hear this say, well, then, God, if we're living in sin, no. Sin breaks our hearts. There's never any excuse. God forbid that we serve the sin nature. That we, God forbid that we continue in sin, serving the sin nature. God forbid. But 
as we're learning along the way, God uses us. And we better be glad of that because if, if it took perfection on our part, there wouldn't be a soul on the planet that God could use. But because our faith is in Christ and His righteous work at Calvary, God can move and flow in and through us. Come on now. So we see in verse 6 of Romans chapter 12, God's going to bless us today as He always does, having then gifts that are different according to the grace that is given unto us. Let's see. Every person in the body of Christ was saved by the same grace. Get that. Jesus tasted death by the grace of God for all men. And we trust in the work of Christ at Calvary. That same grace that he tasted death by flows right into our lives. Hallelujah. It's not a different grace. And it's the same grace that allows the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Though the gifts be different, it, they still operate by grace. According to the grace gifts, what God chooses to do, because I want you to say this with me today, God's grace is what God does. <laughs> and you might say, well, God's grace is what I do by the Spirit of God. However you want to say it is fine, but God's grace is God doing something in your life. It's not just you. He doesn't just give you a gift and it's just you out there. Remember Jesus, John 15, 5, you can do nothing without me. This is absolutely what he's talking about. Once we receive the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace has to be the one functioning in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Pleasure. There's that word pleasure. What does that mean when you see God pleased, uh, the God uh, taking pleasure in something? That means there's faith somewhere because it's impossible to please Him, impossible to please God without faith. And that's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Now I want you to think about that. Wherever God is allowed to function by grace in the gifts He's given you, that means what He wants to do, His, His working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure because your faith is in what pleases Him, Christ and Him crucified, and then the gifts He's given you can function according to that grace. See, it's very simple. <laughs> it's very simple. We, we've been brainwashed with false doctrine for so long. We've, we've called men uh, 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 having way huge amounts of faith and these over here having little amounts of faith when the entire time Jesus taught it's not about how much faith you got. It's about the object of your faith because the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed can move a mountain. Come on now somebody. If you learn what faith is, if you learn the true and one and only object of faith God honors, then you're going somewhere. Then you're moving forward. Then you can repent and come out from among all that that has a form but no power. And don't let the power of the enemy and the power of your flesh overrule the power of God. Your love for your family. Praise God for it, but you can't let that overrule God's Word that says come out from among them. Hallelujah. You can't stay in that church because it's your great-great-grandmother's church 
church and uh, they'd roll over in their grave if you left that building and that property. See how foolish we are? No, we're looking for the truth. We're the people of the cross, the people of the way, the people who are learning to walk on the path of righteousness. Hallelujah. The only avenue through which it comes, which is the grace of God through the death of Jesus and faith in that alone. And that's what allows the gifts to function in our lives. They only function by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace. I don't care what you're called to do. Don't care how long you've done it by grace. If you move your faith, you stop trusting daily in the cross of Christ. And it's all throughout the New Testament is happening. Read the book of Galatians. Read the book of Galatians. Read the book of Revelation when it's concerning the churches there. You and I have moved away from faith and grace many times if we're honest with ourselves. You and I, if we're being honest with ourselves, today will be challenged greatly to move away from faith and grace, to move away from the study of God's Word in its gracious context, in its righteous context, which is concerning Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Ministers won't go that way today because of pride. No other reason. No other reason as to why a minister will not become determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified but pride. And while pride is there, God is resisting. Jesus taught those that have, speaking of hearing, more will be given them. There will be an increase. But those that have not, hearing... That means the hearing of faith that comes as the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Those that do not have that hearing, what hearing they even seem to have will be taken from them. That's why uh, ministers are falling out and dropping out and getting burned out because they refuse to repent and just be broken. Oh, they think they're crying before the Lord is broken. But being broken before the Lord, it could involve crying. A lot of times it does. But being broken before the Lord is an acceptance wholeheartedly of no other avenue than the cross of Christ for all the grace of God in your life. Whether you understand it or not, can explain it to certain degree or not, doesn't matter. You have to initially just accept it in the heart. That is, by the way, believing under righteousness and God will move you and begin to give you more grace. More grace, more hearing. More hearing Him allowed to function in your life by grace to carry out His will through the gift He's given you, no matter what that gift is. And we see here, watch this. Now, having then gifts that are different according to the grace that is given to us, whether it be prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. The word proportion comes from a root word. You've heard it before, logos, the word. So what it means, let's look at it, whether your gift is prophecy. If your gift is prophecy, and I pray that my gift would be prophecy because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Paul said the, the prophetic gift, those that prophesy, he said this, are greater than those that speak in tongues because speaking in tongues is speaking unto God for self-edification unless there's an interpretation. But prophecy is the best. 
Prophecy is the best gift because it edifies the body. And that's what God is all about. That's why the gifts, that's why He's given gifts to the body for to edify the body, to encourage and exhort the body, to build the body. Hallelujah. Because the body is who He is. It's His It's His body. And how can we function if we're not encouraged, exhorted, edified, and functioning and growing, hallelujah, unified in the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory. We've we've pretended too long. We need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to faith and grace. We need to get back to the truth of God's Word, even if it means people leave us because most do not want to hear this. They want to hear how to get rich and how to become great and all these things. They, They You know, most people don't want to hear the way of true grace, true righteousness, and true holiness, which is the broken heart, yet the willing mind to cling to that cross and never let go, to take it up daily and to follow Jesus. It is a horrid manifestation as others look upon you. The, 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 The garment of humility is is hard and gross to even most of the church today. That robe of righteousness, which means it's really a robe of humility. It's, it's, oh, why, why do they want to let people run over them like that? Why, why do they always just let everybody get away with everything? Why, why aren't they more controlling? Listen, you know what they say? Man, that preacher, he ain't preaching nothing but the cross. Man, he's just teaching his people they don't have to do nothing but sit on the couch and believe. He, he, listen, if he don't start teaching and if he don't get a hold and get control of that congregation, see, things like that are said about you. Because you're a people of the cross. You're a people of the way of God's righteousness that they don't understand. They they don't understand that they're not here to have control of people. They're here to be a gift to the people, to present the one who is the gift giver to the people. So when the people put their faith in Him and His work at Calvary, they also can begin to function in the gifts that by grace God can function through and He can control them, strengthen them, and guide them. And But too many ministers want to control the congregation. And that's just so far off. It's so far off. Well, if I don't control them, I'll lose everybody. Well, if you've got them by controlling them, do you get the point? Then you've gathered them, and you're controlling them. Instead of the gospel having gathered them and the gospel keeping them. That's why the churches that are focused on the cross and the gospel, people come in the front door and out the back. Man, if most people leave because this is not really what they want. They like the theological doctrine of it. They like learning it enough to explain it, some of them. But when it comes time to apply it to their lives, that's a whole different ballgame. The path of the righteous is a path for the broken. The path of the righteous is a path for the humble because only the humble can receive grace and more grace and humility is not crying. Humility is not laying in the floor. Humility is I'm trusting in that only avenue that God is able legally to give me grace and more grace, which is the cross of Christ, my faith in that alone. For only in that avenue does God's grace work, manifest, 
experience. You weren't saved and couldn't be saved till you trusted in Christ and His work at Calvary. The Spirit of God will not just continue to work in your life. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. But He also won't work in your life if you fall from grace, Galatians 5, because grace is God at work. Some, pe- some people say, well, well, God's still at work. No. If you move yourself away, if you fall from grace, grace is what God is doing. People like to say, well, God's going to finish what He started, that if you stay in the faith, He'll finish what He started. If you get outside the faith, what does that mean? Trusting in anything. Celebrate recovery, AA, the purpose-driven, the government of 12, walking around the house three times, doing these three things, whatever those three things are, for, for victory, for deliverance, for maturity, for grace. It's not there. You can pretend for 90 years and then go be judged at the judgment seat of Christ and realize you've barely made it in. You've be, you, the reward, where are my rewards? Well, you, you got saved and then you thought you could just find deliverance and maturity through what you do. We're gonna, there's going to be a great disappointment, I believe, at the judgment seat of Christ for all of us. And we need to get back to the cross. But see, most won't come because that's a broken place. So then they have to put on a show of what it, they think on their terms of what brokenness is. Brokenness is when you just collapse under the grace of God, realizing grace only comes from Christ and what He did in His death at Calvary, and righteousness only comes through that avenue, Galatians 2.21. There's not another avenue. Not initially and not daily, and I hope you get that. But the, the, if we're going to prophesy, he says we're going to have to do it according to the proportion. That means the word... Of faith because proportion means logos, word, the word of faith. If we're going to prophesy, we're going to have to prophesy according to the word of faith. Why? Because the word of faith is the word concerning the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. That's when you were born again, God gave you the measure, the 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 portion of the faith of Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary for you, Galatians 2.20. See, this is so wonderful and so powerful. (laughs) It removes confusion and brings clarity to your heart concerning the Scriptures. Jesus said the Scriptures were about Him. Have you got a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper? I want you to write this down. I'm going to give you some Scriptures right here, and I'm sure there's more than what I'll give you, but I want to give them to you today. I want you to write them down. I don't want you to think about these and pray about these things because the Scriptures, although there are many doctrines and teachings of certain things in the Scriptures, if they're not applied to Jesus and what He did at Calvary, they're not going to be able to function in your life because grace only flows through your faith in Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Not faith in your gift. God has never called you to put faith in your gift. That's the wrong object. Your gift is the prophetic your gift is that of one of these things mentioned here, uh, to, to all these things mentioned. Your, your fa- the object of faith is not what God's called you to do. The object of faith forever and ever has always been what Jesus did at Calvary. Do you get that? So watch this now. 
in the book of Psalms, uh, let me see, chapter 40, verse 7 says, and it's prophetic of Jesus, said that the volume of the book, the totality of the Word of God is written of Him. Again, that same scripture is quoted in Hebrews uh, 10 and 7. The volume of the book is written of Jesus. The, um, the, the Word of God is alive. Hebrews chapter 4. And the way it's alive is because it's about Jesus who is alive, crucified, buried, and alive from the dead. He is the living Word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us. Luke 24, 44 through 46 Jesus tells the two guys on the road to Emmaus who thought Jesus had been the one, didn't recognize Him walking with them as the one who was resurrected from the dead, and their lips were dragging the ground. They were so disappointed. And Jesus said, The law, the prophets, and the Psalms are concerning me. John 5 and 39, I hope you're writing these down. You'll go look at them. You'll be very encouraged because God's trying to bring you and I to a, a greater place of strength and understanding that Jesus is your genesis. He's your revelation, first and last. And He's everything in between. To you. He is the living Word of God. Now you need to come to grips and you need to come to that conclusion. In John 5, 39, He said, Search the Scriptures, for in them you say you have life. But they are they which testify of me. You need to understand that. The Bible is your Jesus book. The Bible is your Jesus book. As you begin to read the Bible through, now you can find the understanding because it flows through your faith in Jesus and His work at Calvary. Now you can find great joy and light shining in the Word that you couldn't understand before because now your faith is in what allows God to give you the understanding, the place you can walk with Him and stand under His grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Make me come up out of this chair. Hallelujah. So in that light, and, and we're about out of time, I think. Is that right? We're about out of time. Oh, my goodness. So if, if the gift is prophecy... It's to be done according to the word, the proportion, the logos of faith. The word of faith. Not the word of faith that the false, demonic, fleshly teachers teach today that the, you speak the word and God has to heed what you're... No, no, no. The word of faith is the word of God in the context of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. That's what you believed in that allowed God to give you the measure, the portion of that faith. And when you're prophesying, hear me because Revelation 19 and 10 says the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. That means you're, that, that confirms what we're saying here that if you're going to prophesy, and Paul said that's the best gift because it edifies the body. If you're going to prophesy, then do it according to the proportion, the logo, the word of faith, the word 
of the faith of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and what He did for us at Calvary. Hallelujah! Oh, it's so simple. It's pre-K. This is the simplicity of Christ that if we turn away from, Paul said our minds would become corrupt. And that's what we have in the church today. Gifts being abused where there's no function of grace involved and there's only form and nobody's able to recognize that. And now God is raising up men, women, boys and girls who can recognize grace in operation when it's the Lord because the message of the cross, that truth, that power the Bible says, has brought us back to the path of light where we can not only look back now and see what God did, but we can watch what God is actually doing in our midst today. Hallelujah. This is so precious and refreshing to me, and I pray that you would join us every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here online on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316 and you can go and later watch these again in those avenues or the crosswaychurch.com website. Uh, don't forget to join us every Friday morning in the morning uh, at 9 a.m. on Fridays. Tomorrow morning specifically we will dig into chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. Looking forward to that. One of my favorites of all time, 2 Timothy. There is some meat in the Word of God in that chapter, and I can't wait to get more of it, share more of it with you. Pray for us. We're believing God for the things you're crying out for, whatever that might be. He's faithful to intervene and to bring on your behalf His strength and the things that you have need of. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry the good ground to help us do more of what God is calling us to do. You can do that by donating at thecrosswaychurch.com and you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. 5950. God bless you. I love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.